I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class, but I love quilting, and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. Join me now as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey, I'm Sandy, and I'm a quilter, and welcome to episode 174, in which we talk 2015 quilty resolutions, plus a little bit about what I've had going on lately. I am recording this on Sunday, February 8th, 2015. It's about, you know, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, if that matters to you. Um, let's see, I've only got one sort of vague announcement, and it's not even really an announcement, it's just a follow-up. And then I will talk a little bit about what I've had going on. I will talk about the art quilt design class I took yesterday, as well as um, kind of what came out of it, because actually that spurred what I'm working on today. And then we will talk about the 2015 quilty resolutions that y'all made. I'm not going to read every single resolution. It would take a long time. Um, I probably will share everybody's word of the year, because pretty much everybody did leave a word of the year, um, and they're just all very cool. Mostly, I really appreciated those of you who took the time to give me the backstory to your words. It's, you know, I'm, I'm staring into your brains, basically. <laughs> I'm, I'm able to peer into your thinking and your mindset, and that's just a lot of fun, so I enjoyed that. Thank you very much. Um, but I will uh, kind of summarize what I saw happening with some of the Quilty Resolutions as well. In any case, um, if you hear any sort of background humming noise, I don't think you will hear it, but I do have my desktop humidifier going, and it's only, you know, it sits about a foot and a half away from my microphone, so hopefully that's not picking up. Um, but I really am not inclined to turn it off. <laughs> it's really been a big help. If you don't know what I'm talking about with my desktop humidifier, um, you don't clearly read my blog. Uh, last two weeks ago on my Fight the F Fight the Funk Friday, or I guess I should say really 10 days ago, um, I talked about ordering a desktop humidifier as well as a little portable hum humidifier to take to hotel rooms um, because I do have sinus issues that tend to mostly happen when I'm in hotel rooms, really, uh, but it's all about when the air is far too dry and that causes issues. And when my sinuses get set off, sometimes my vertigo can get set off. And so that's that's a problem that I like to try to avoid every every chance I get. So this year, um, I was on Twitter, and uh, somebody on Twitter mentioned portable humidifiers. And so I did order one, and then I ordered one for my desk, which I'd been looking at for a while, because I can put um, aromatherapy oils in those. And anyway, I tell that whole story on my blog, and uh, you can look there, again, two Fridays ago. The Friday before last was the first one where I posted the link to the one that I had ordered. And I think I had gotten it by that day. And so I think I had was able to talk a little bit about what it was. And then um, just this past Friday, a couple of days ago, I give just a little bit of an update on how those are working out for me. So um, clearly it's working well enough that I don't want to turn it off to, <laughs> to record this podcast. Um so anyway, okay, announcement, vague announcement update more, is that remember how I promised the four of you who won my Quilty Resolution giveaway that I was going to be getting your winnings in the mail last week? It didn't happen. 
they're still sitting on my kitchen counter, mostly because the couple of days I was, uh, I had a kind of a schedule where I could get out to the post office. We had pretty nasty weather outside, so I didn't get out of the house. And my husband actually had to borrow my car one day because my car is better in the snow than his. Um, so I, I didn't get to the post office last week, but they are all packed up and ready to go. So the first chance I get to go to the post office, I will get them in. So that'll happen sometime this week. Can't say necessarily it'll be tomorrow because, yeah, we're getting another storm. Um, our snow totals for us aren't that bad. I know the people around, you know, in Massachusetts have huge amounts. Um, for us, we're kind of used to having a couple of feet at a time, so it's it's not been unmanageable for us. The issue that's starting to happen is that the snow's not melting in between these storms. It's staying cold enough that nothing is going away, really, um, which is also kind of nice because that means you don't get that thick layer of ice that you tend to sometimes get on top of snowdrifts when some of it melts, but not all of it. Um, but in any case, what's starting to happen is the plows are kind of running out of places to plow the snow to because the, the when they plow, those drifts are getting pretty high. Uh, and we're supposed to get another storm starting this afternoon. And in fact, it is already snowing outside. It's very pretty right now. It doesn't look particularly threatening. But um, from the weather reports and my AccuWeather app on my phone, tomorrow is really supposed to be the worst of it. And it's not, again, it's not much in terms of totals for us. It's like 8 to 12 inches altogether over a 24-hour period, which is, you know, the snow, the plows can keep up with that with no problem. Um, it's just nothing's melting. I do think driving is supposed to be pretty slick tomorrow, so that's why I'm not sure I'm going to get out to get to the post office. Um, but we'll see. It's also one of those storms that it, it is very, very regional. Um, it's kind of traveling in bands, so you might have one house on one side of the street get dumped on and the house across the street not get any. So, you know, we're just kind of watching it. But I will say it's, you know, it's a very thorough snow outside my window right now. Okay, my Sandy update. I had more fun yesterday. <laughs> it was it was a great time. Um, oh, and now you're going to hear my space heater going. Also not something I'm willing to turn off, but that'll turn off in a second. Uh, the class was Art Quilt Design with Tina Somerset. She actually was born and raised in this area, but then has spent most of her adult life living in other parts of the country. Um, and what she was telling us yesterday during class was um, she actually lived out in Portland, Oregon, or the area of Portland, Oregon, and was part of an art quilt group there that was featured in Quilt Life magazine. That was the magazine, unfortunately now folded, but it was the um, one with Ricky Timms and Alex Anderson. And they had featured this one quilt challenge that this group had done. And when she was describing it, I was like, I remember that. That was the coolest thing. I loved reading that article. What they had done was everybody in the group had... Um, done a wall hanging of a certain they were all like rectangular i don't remember the exact dimensions but they were all tall and skinny um or tall and thin so they were rectangular vertically and each one had to have this river going through it it was a river near them but they could all do their own scenes and she was saying they all had to use the same fabric for the river but then they could do whatever else they wanted within the rest of the art quilt but they had to, um, they had all figured out ahead of time where the river would enter their quilt and exit so that when they hung them all next to each other, the river wound through all of their quilts as one um, continuous line. It was really, really cool. 
She was a good teacher. We enjoyed it. It was not, I have to say this, for the class, it was not what I had expected it would be. It was not even what what I was really hoping ahead of time it would be, but it was clearly exactly what I needed it to be. And we've probably all had those moments in our lives when that has happened. When we've got to the end of a class and or an experience and said, wow, that wasn't anything like I thought it was going to be, but boy, it, it really triggered something for me. It really worked for me. So even though I, I didn't experience what I had thought I was going to experience and what I'd kind of hoped I was going to experience. I experienced something so completely useful <laughs> and inspirational. It, it was, I just had a ball. Um, so we were supposed to have brought a photograph and um, a fabric that we kind of, she didn't use the term focus fabric. I don't remember how she described it in the class materials, but just a fabric that you found inspiring in some way. And then if you wanted to bring other fabrics, you know, to either, she didn't, again, she didn't use the term coordinate. I think she might've just said, if you want to bring any other fabrics as well, and then bring your sewing machine and everything. I, not knowing what the class was going to be and what the approach was going to be, I didn't think she was going to teach us one particular technique that we would then kind of mimic her class, because otherwise she would have had a photo of a quilt with the class, and it, it didn't. It was very freeform. Um... So I ended up bringing, I packed pretty much all of my hand dyes, everything except hand dyes that I already have fusing attached to. Because um, again, I didn't know, since she said, bring your sewing machine, I kind of thought, well, maybe she'll be teaching us some piecing techniques. So I didn't bring any of my fused fabric, um, just my straight up fabric, and only my hand dyes. I did not bring any commercial fabric with me. And my one fabric that was sort of my quasi-focus or inspirational fabric was a, um, I think it's an ice dye that I had done a year ago, sometime last winter or spring, that I have always loved. It's one of my favorites, but it's tough to know how to use it. And it's just a fat quarter size, so it's not a big piece. But it's one of these that if you cut it into smaller pieces, you would have lost the impact of the overall piece. So I just never, you know, I'd, every now and then kind of look at it. Oh, yeah, that's right. I really like that. But then not be inspired about how to do it and just kind of set it aside again. Um, even though I've got the snow dye challenges going on, there's snow dye challenge going on with Sandy. I, I had all of my snow dyes with me. And of course, I was hoping that maybe I might get inspired to do something with them. Um but I wasn't quite prepared to choose one to say, this is the one I'm going to work on. I decided I'm going to kind of do other things for the class. And if I then get inspired to do something with the snow dye, then great. That's, you know, the ripple effect. Um, and in terms of photos, I, I also, again, not knowing what she was going to do, the approach she was going to take, I couldn't choose just one photo. So I ended up printing off, I think I had maybe 10 with me, um, all from... Burma, Myanmar, all different styles. Some were, one is more of a color inspiration type photo. Several were more cons uh, composition in terms of line or shape. Um, one or two were kind of more atmospheric, you know, mood kinds of things. But anyway, it, you know, again, not knowing what she was going to approach, I just printed off any photo I thought might work in a variety of ways. Um, so I had, and I just printed them on regular paper cheaply. So I had those with me. Well, as it turned out, never once took my sewing machine out. Some of the other folks did um, towards the end. They had some things they were actually piecing. Um, I decided not to go that route. I really just used the time that she gave us at the end to just kind of be sketching and imagining and organizing myself, not actually creating something. The, the end result of the class was that I came home. I have five 
potential wall-hanging quilts, art quilts, sketched out, some of which have very thorough notes along, you know, the outside edges of kind of what I was thinking in terms of color or texture or technique or what I might do here or some questions I wanted to ask myself about other parts, you know, a little more thoroughly, think through some other pieces. I had one more quilt in my head that I haven't actually sketched out yet just because I, I ran out of time. Um, but it's one that it, it's such a clear image and it's such a simple image that I'll probably sketch it out sometime today, but it's, it's not something I'm particularly worried about forgetting at any time um, because it's based on one of those photos. So all I have to do is look at the photo and, oh yeah, that's right. I was going to sketch that one out. Um, most of what the class was, she talked at the beginning. Um, she did a little bit of work with color at the beginning, but not a lot because she, this was kind of the second part of a two-part class, but not really. I mean, you could, obviously, I was taking this class without doing the first half and had no problem with it. Um, but there were a lot of students in this class that had already been in her previous class, so she just didn't want to repeat a lot of it. And her first class had been on color theory. And so this one, she just started out talking a little bit about color contrast and how important contrast was um, and knowledge of contrast. Not that everything you do has to have really sharp contrast because we all know, you know, low volume and art quilts particularly often do very muted kinds of things. It all depends on what um, impressions you're trying to create. But in any case, so she did some work on that. And then um, she talked about attitudes towards art quilts. Uh, I'm sorry, attitudes towards being an art quilter. What kind of attitudes you need to embrace in yourself in order to be a successful art quilter. And they weren't all, you know, some of them were like, yeah, okay, I've heard that before. But other ones did kind of make me think. Um, and so I took a picture. She did everything on this flannel board where she had written the words out. Instead of writing on newsprint or a chalkboard, she had a flannel board, basically, um, you know, kind of one of our portable design walls. And then she had written out all the words that she was, and phrases and sentences and things, on strips. I think she said it was strips of batting with masking tape, wide masking tape on the front. And then she wrote on the masking tape, and I thought, that is ingenious. <laughs> and in fact, she, she talked about it a little bit, hey, if you're ever teaching a class and need to do something like this. And so I'm, you know, I do workshops all the time. I thought, well, maybe I'll have to consider doing that. Um, but in any case, so we talked about some, you know, kind of attitudinal things and, you know, thinking of yourself as a creative person. She had us do, uh, fill out a worksheet kind of thing um, that just asked several questions about how we tend to approach various uh, different kinds of things. And I, I don't want to get very specific because I'm very careful not to repeat so much from somebody's class that you don't have to bother taking the class. So that's why I'm being a little bit vague <laughs> in what I'm doing. Because, particularly, I do have some listeners who are from this area. If this is a class you might want to take, I don't want to say so much that you don't bother signing up for the class. Um, so, we anyway, we worked through some of that. And then she had us go through a variety of exercises of, of ways to um, essentially do individual brainstorming is kind of what it was, but different ways of approaching it. And um, I found one of them very, very helpful. And it's something I've read about doing before and have often thought, oh, this sounds kind of like a good idea, but I'd never actually done it. When she had us do it yesterday, um, she had us choose a theme. And if we didn't already, you know, if we couldn't choose a theme or didn't already have a theme, she would just hand you one just to play with for the exercise. I had a theme I've been kind of mulling over in my head for a while about, um, well, for the last few weeks about um, an art quilt that I might want to make in response to 
um, my time in Burma, but also some things that have happened in my personal life in the last several weeks. And so I just, that was my theme. You know, as soon as she said choose a theme, that was the first one that popped into my head. And so I just worked with that theme. And the exercise, um, it was really a writing exercise to start. And I found, and I don't, you know, this is one of those things, it's sort of a well-duh moment. Why hadn't I ever thought of this before? Um, I am a writer. I, this is something I've known about myself since I was about eight years old. I'm a writer and I approach everything as a writer and to not have made the connection (laughs) that if I started out an art project, art quilt project as a writer first, and then move from that into working with color shape line fabric, and then from that into the technical skills you need to, you know, get whatever. It just, it made me start from such a point of comfort and um, really creativity. You know, I I know I am creative when it comes to my writing. Um, That's something, again, I've lived with since I was a kid. But and I, but I've struggled with whether or not I consider myself as a creative person when it comes to um, artistic. I don't want to use the word artistic. Drawing and cutting and shapes, <laughs> and and being able to do something that actually looks like something to anybody else. Um, you know, that's an area of my life that I've not been as comfortable with, and I've really been working on these last few years. So for me to start from that point of comfort and confidence, you know, oh, I know what I'm doing with words. Okay. Boom. And, and I was off and running as soon as she had us doing that. I was, I couldn't stop writing. In fact, when she had us stop in, in the way that she, we were doing, it's not, we weren't writing paragraphs or essays or anything. It was a, a type of writing. And um, I was even, even as she started moving us into the next one, I was still writing because it was just coming to me. And so to then go from that to sketching out a quilt based on those words, it was extremely, extraordinarily useful. It was so helpful. And so from that, then I went through and I was able to sketch out pretty fully what that art quilt will look like. And in fact, you know, I'd had sort of a vague concept in my head kind of as I was sort of thinking about the theme. So I started out kind of, you know, very loosely sketching out that very, very vague concept. But within a couple of minutes, it had really refined and it was heading... I don't want to say a completely different direction, but it definitely built on that original foundation and just went in directions I hadn't been expecting. And, you know, as I'm doing it, it sort of was like somebody else was doing it and I was kind of watching it happen. It's just really, really cool. So so that was a, a fun moment for me to say, you know, to have that mental, the, the toggle switch switched on to say, oh, okay, well, this is how I can start everything now. And that so that being said having had that experience i then used that same technique every time she had us do something else the rest of the day i would start out with that technique and then move into the next thing and it was just remarkable what a difference it made um so that was a huge moment for me and then um she had us do some things just with you know doodling to music and um i think she had us do four pieces and the the four pieces of music that she chose at first, blush didn't sound hugely different from one another. They were sort of a similar genre, similar style. Um, but I ended up, well, the first one, I didn't really end up with a designed quilt. I just had shapes and I didn't really like it because the music didn't really turn me on. But I also think because it was the first one, I was just sort of getting going. The other three, I ended up with three very viable art quilts 
<laughs> sketched and designed by the end of the what three or four minute um, piece of music because she really she didn't she kind of went right from one to the other didn't give us you know 15 minutes in between um, it was just it was again like that toggle switch had been turned on for me and it was just coming out and those three quilts that I designed were completely different from each other it wasn't like I had one thing that then sort of turned into something they were completely different um, and one of which was even something I wouldn't have thought would really come out of me it's it's not something I would typically think I would do um, so it, again that was pretty cool to just see how this stuff flows out of your brain when you're not stopping it <laughs> as I say when you get over yourself and just let it happen um, so that was a lot of fun she did oh by the way she did start out at the beginning of class she did talk a little bit about some techniques that she has used she showed some of the quilts she had done um, she talked at some length she had been to the same Ricky Tim seminar that I had been to the the one when they do the super seminars I had gone to the one that was here in my city a couple of years ago and she had been at the same one and um, she has done a couple of quilts using one of Ricky Tim's Tim's techniques that he the the Rhapsody quilt uh, style that he talked about at that show and I've got I've had his book for years because it's not a new thing he's been doing it for a while um, but she showed some of her take and then where she sort of took that technique and ran with it and headed it in some other directions as well so that was pretty cool so anyway uh, I really enjoyed the class like I said I've got a lot of um, projects now <laughs> that I'm just itching to get to uh, but I've got some UFOs I got to finish too I'm I'm at a point, quite honestly, I started thinking this morning, are there some UFOs I just need to let go? You know, are there things that I'm at the point of saying, you know what, this isn't turning me on. There's a reason it's been sitting on my shelf for so many years now. Do I hand them off to a friend of mine? Maybe there's somebody else that wouldn't mind that, you know, would enjoy seeing it done. Um, I don't know. I have to kind of go through and assess where I'm at. A couple of them I can't do that because they are intended to be gifts. And even though the person who is going to be the recipient of each of these has no clue I'm working on something for them, in my head, that means I can't give it up. I've got to finish it. Um, you know, we feel personally committed to projects, even if nobody else is committed to them on our behalf. Uh, so I've got some I just need to do. But I am kind of at a point where I'm really feeling like you know what I just I don't want to do that kind of quilting anymore because all of those UFOs frankly are pieced I don't want to say they're traditional because most of them are like twists on traditional or I guess what you might call modern traditional I don't I haven't done much that's modern modern um, but you know I also don't have a lot of what I would call traditional traditional around either um, yeah fusion <laughs> I practice fusion quilting in my house um so anyway, but they're, they're just, you know, they're not something that I really feel really um, vibed about finishing. So I just, I need to make some decisions, I think, and see what I want to just release myself from versus what I should just really buckle down and do. And part of the problem is a lot of those projects are ones I used to finish when I was on quilt retreats because they don't take, I can't do an art quilt on a quilt retreat. It's just too many distractions and too many people chiming in with opinions where I don't need them at that stage. You know, there's, I come to stages where it's good to get outside input, but there's other stages I really just need to be inward. I need to be focusing. And so those projects I do not take into public venues. <laughs> I won't take them on quilt retreats. Um, and I haven't been, I wasn't able to be on a quilt retreat 
I don't think I was there last May. I was not there in October. I'm not going to be there again this May. I'm not going to be there again next October. So I just, you know, I don't know. I don't, I hate giving up good quilt fun time for projects that just aren't turning me on anymore. So that's just, yes, I, if you've listened to my podcast, you know, I am quite free about giving myself permission not to finish something. At this point, I just need to go through and look at where I'm at with stuff and decide, is this something I'm actually going to do? Um, Anyway, that was all an aside. Back to the art quilt class. Uh, um, I, I do have one project I think I'm going to work on this afternoon if I get the time to do it. Um, we're burning daylight here, so <laughs> I'm not sure. Partly because what I ended up doing, working with all of my hand dyes yesterday, um, first of all, was a blast. This was really the first time I had spent... And I think that was part of it. I, I had six hours where I was somewhere else and I was only supposed to be thinking about art quilting. And, you know, that's rare. I don't usually have that kind of a chunk of time. And you're among other people who are also thinking about art quilts and we're all kind of working off each other. We didn't do a whole lot of talking back and forth about what we were working on um, by the time. And that was only the last couple hours of class. She finished what she, you know, the exercises and all that kind of stuff took us until about two o'clock and then the class was supposed to go till four. So the last couple hours is when she released us to be working on our projects. Um, and so at that point, that's when I was just laying out, like if I had a snow dye or an ice dye or kind of a multicolored fabric, I'd lay it out with one of these um, designs I'd just sketched in mind and then I'd start playing with my other hand eyes and start kind of coordinating stuff figure out what would work for what I wanted to do um and the first realization I made was wow I've done a lot of colors I had (laughs) had a really nice variety of colors and that felt good on the flip side I realized boy I've used all my blacks haven't I (laughs) I don't I don't have a lot of blacks left um and so in the basement right now, I've got several blacks dying. I spent two or three hours um, after I'd gotten groceries this morning. Uh, I got some snow dye stuff prepped. Um, so I've got another three bins worth of snow dye. And, and that might be the last snow dyeing I do for the season. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I've done a lot. And I think what I need to do now is the time I spend in my dye studio needs to be hunkered down doing more um you know, solids or Rita solids or that kind of thing to build up certain colorways in my stash. One of which, the first of which is black. The other one I don't have a ton of is blue. Um, well, I've got, I have a lot of multicolored that have blue. I don't have a lot of solid or Rita solid blue. And so that's another one I'm kind of working on. Um, plus I have a lot of uh, surface design techniques I really want to start playing with and uh, batiking. I've got a wax batik set up I want to start working. So I've got some other stuff I need to focus on. So I've really got to just stop monkeying around with the snow. <laughs> I've got to say, okay, I've done enough. Move on. Um, although, you know, who knows? I might get the mood again. So that was one of the useful things about now sitting down and really just trying to do several projects straight from my hand eyes. No commercial fabric whatsoever is one, I was able to do it, but two, I was also able to see, okay, there's some places I need to shore up. Um, and I have to have a little more intentionality about dying so that I can have a usable stash. So I need to do more um, gradations of one color so that I've got one color in several shades and that kind of thing, shades and tones. Um, so I think 
at some point what I really need to do is just sit down and make myself a list and say, okay, you need these colors and then you need these colors and just start working my way through that list. Um, let's see, what else do I have to talk about with that? Um, I do have plans for two of my snow dyes based on some of those brainstorming sessions. Two out of the quilts I mentioned I now have sketched out are snow dyes um, that either one, you know, obviously... Well, Sandy was Sandy of Quilt Cabana Corner, with whom I'm doing this challenge, did say, you know, anything counts. Because I tweeted at one point one section, one um, bunch of colors that I was working with or fabrics I was working with. And I said, well, I, this one wouldn't count towards our challenge because it's an old fabric. And my interpretation of our challenge is it's one of the snow, you know, we have to use at least one of the snow dyes we have just created this winter. Um, Sandy said, oh, just use any fabric you want. That's okay, because Sandy's like that. Sandy's sweet and kind and nice <laughs> and giving. And and Sandy, I will say the same to you. Um, for me personally, I am staying quite literal <laughs> with the challenge that I need to use one of those recent snow dyes just to make sure that I actually do. So, um I have two of those ready to go, but the one I think I might work on this afternoon actually doesn't use the snow dyes. I haven't decided which one I'm going to start working on yet. Uh, let's see. Um, on my ice or on my snow dyeing that I'm doing right now, the three bins I've got going, I was a little more intentional about the colors I chose. Um, I'm doing analogous color schemes. One bin is teal, blue, and purple. One is red, orange, and fuchsia. One is purple and fuchsia which I'm actually counting as three colors because red is included in both purple and fuchsia. So I'm hoping that the way it breaks and blends that some of that red might come out. It's a little hard to tell whether it will. Um, but in any case, it is still analogous because red is included in both of those other colors. So from a hand dyeing perspective, it's still three colors, which I know is kind of a weird way to look at it, but trust me, it works. Um, I do have... What I'm dying is mostly fat quarters. Um, I do have some white embroidery floss that I'm trying. I've never dyed embroidery floss before. Technically, I know it's supposed to work, so I just wanted to try it myself to see how it works. Um, but I also have two clothing items in there that I had found, totally forgotten I'd ordered these back late last spring or summer, early summer. I had ordered some um, PFD clothing from Dharma Trading. And one is a V-neck shirt, a sleeveless shirt, and the other one is a pair of drawstring lounge pants, like pajama pants. Um, they're both 100% cotton, because that's what I find easiest to work with with the dyes I've got. So I've got those under the snow dye bin, so we'll see how those go. It'll be interesting to see whether these are clothes I will ever actually wear in public. Um, well, the drawstring lounge pants I wouldn't, unless they were at a quilt retreat. I could see myself wearing them at a quilt retreat. But let's just say they're not the most flattering pants, but they're comfy. Um, I haven't yet started Ginny Byer's February blocks for the Craftsy Block of the Month yet, but I will definitely be doing these by machine. Um, unfortunately, I've got a really busy week this week. I've got conference calls two nights. I've got my quilt guild one night, and then I think we're trying to go out to dinner with my son one night. So I'm, I'm unlikely to get much done all week. And anytime I do have, I'm going to be rinsing hand dyes. So... I doubt I'm going to make any sewing progress this week. Um, but I don't think I've got anything going on next weekend other than Valentine's Day. And my daughter will be home, so that's her winter break. But she generally does not require a lot of my time at almost 22 years old. Um, 
So anyway, hopefully I will be getting some quilting done, some sewing done next weekend. I do still have to quilt my disappearing four patch. I've got it all backed and basted and ready to be quilted. I just haven't sat down to do it because I keep getting distracted by art quilts and dyeing and things like that that I just enjoy so much more. But I really just need to finish that puppy and get it done just to say it's done and then it will no longer be a UFO. So that's my Sandy update. Let us talk about 2015 resolutions. I'm going to pause this for a moment so I can get my computer monitors reorganized and have the right thing in front of me. Okay, once again, you know, I've found that this is actually turning out to be one of the favorite things I do every year because I just love reading what you have to say. You guys are just really cool. I enjoy you. Um, a few people talked about things you wanted to finish. You had, you know, lists of UFOs that you were very creative in the ways you found, you figured out how to make that fit my criteria for the quilty resolution, but that's okay. Hey, we're game. We're open. Um, but most people talked about whole new projects they wanted to do. Some some were just kind of extensions of things they've done before, but, you know, they wanted to push a little bit further. Some were uh, moving in entirely new directions. So uh, thumbs up for everybody um, and courage. Stay strong while you're trying your new things, because as we know, there's always a learning curve, but persevere. You will make it through. I do also have to say that I forgive everyone who left goals related to knitting. And a couple of you actually even apologized <laughs> for it. And, you know, I, just to reaffirm, I really have nothing whatsoever against knitting. I enjoy seeing what other people knit. It's just not for me. It is not something I'm going to do. Uh, two or three people mentioned doing prayer flags and prayer flags. That's actually something I've always wanted to do too. So I found myself thinking, huh, maybe we should do a swap, but I'm not at a point where I'm really ready to organize a swap. So, hey, if somebody else wants to <laughs> to organize a swap around prayer flags, uh, let me know. I will publicize it. But um, I just think I, I, that's something I would really like to do. You know, it's it's a little mini art quilt, basically, is that concept. So um, that's just something to ponder. One relatively new listener, she's not entirely new. She's been listening for a few months, but she said that she has gone back and started from the beginning in 2010, which is a frightening prospect for even me to consider. And in fact, yes, I am coming up on my fifth podcast anniversary at the end of March. Um, I've already been starting to think about what I'm going to do for that. Um, definitely some giveaways, uh, so be prepared. My official podcast anniversary is March 28th, if I remember. That was the date I posted my first podcast. I'd have to go back and look for sure, but that's the date that sticks out in my mind. Um, but whether or not I actually podcast on the fifth anniversary of March 28th all depends on what my schedule is, but I will be pretty close to then. So probably the beginning of March is when I'll start talking about my podcast anniversary giveaway or whatever. Um, so we'll see. Anyway, that's a digression. In terms of what your words of the year were, uh, expand in terms of skill, creativity, audience, um, etc. The word was expand. One person chose three words and an exclamation point and a comma, but I'll let you get away with it. Um, their choice was, yes, I can. Um, somebody said attuned. They want to be attuned on many levels, and um, she outlined what those levels were. Uh, somebody said finish, um, because there's a lot of UFOs in their life. Uh, persevere was a word. Gifts 
GIFTS, G-I-F-T-S. I never know whether that's coming out um, audibly on a podcast when you're listening. GIFTS. Um, this person wants to make a lot of gifts for other person. Um, oh, this, I, I did want to share this resolution because it's just a, cu- a really cute image. Uh, Nancy said she wants to um, finally make an art quilt. Woohoo, Nancy. But she says, ever since I saw a picture of my dad, he passed away last summer at 95, when he first enlisted in the Navy, hanging from a tree by his knees in uniform, I knew it had to be a quilt. <laughs> and Nancy, yes, it does. Um, that It's just a wonderful, wonderful image. So I very strongly encourage you to make a quilt out of that picture. Um, and her word of the year is learn, again, in honor of her dad. He was always a big proponent of learning something new every day. So Nancy... In honor of your dad, I will learn something today, too. I promise. Um, another word is explore. Another person said persevere. Another person said learn. Another said said completion, which is very close to finish. Uh, another person chose three words, but again, I'll let you get away with it. Endings and beginnings. Um, this person wants to uh, follow through as well as start some new projects. Another person chose simplify and made sure she actually looked it up in the thesaurus to make sure it said exactly what she wanted it to say. A positivity was another word. Reduce, that's a good one. Consistent, uh, this person says they're a quick starter but sometimes lacks consistency and is working on um, kind of reorganizing herself so that she can be more consistent. Embark, that's another word. Embark, oh, and that. Yes, that's an art quilt, too. you got to make another art quilt out of that one. Um, another person with persistence, uh, partly because of some uh, physical issues and also work full-time. You know, if only we didn't have these pesky jobs. Um, momentum is another good word. Stash buster. We're going to call that one word because it's sort of written as one word. So this person is using that word to remind her to uh, use her stash first. Here's another person who chose three words. Apparently, you quilters out there having problems with counting. Uh, More with less is that person's word, which is actually cool. And if you put hyphens in there, then it becomes a compound word and we'll let it fly. (laughs) More with less. Another person chose enjoy and inspire. Oops. Somebody's comment came through twice. Another person chose bestow, B-E-S-T-O-W, to enjoy the pleasure of making in order to give and then to feel the joy of actually giving. That's bestow, which is a good word. Good word. And not a word you hear very often anymore. Very old school. Cool word. Um, And another person chose the word enough and spans all the areas of her life um, to remind herself that she is enough, God is enough, and what she's doing is enough. That's another good word grow um, because this person wants to step outside her comfort zone. She wants to grow. Um, Be intentional. Okay, two words, but we'll let it go. Another person chose perseverance. We should start the perseverance club, I think. Um, Maybe y'all should join up on Twitter and cheer each other on. A lot of persevering people out there. Um, Explore, which is pretty similar to my word experiment, I think. Although, Explore would be easier to fit on an art quilt. I, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do an art quilt with the word experiment in my usual journal quilt size without having either small or very skinny words. 
Um, this person... <laughs> okay, this is funny. It's three words, but they smushed them all together so it looks like one. Stick to it. So apparently you have to say it really fast. Stick to it. It's all one word. Um, another person chose completion because they have some things they need to complete. Um, action. Oh, that's a good word. Action. This person chose freedom from unloved UFOs. I was just talking about that, wasn't I? Freedom from unwanted stash. I've also talked about that, how I might need to just start releasing myself of some of my fabric, my commercial fabric. And freedom from self-imposed limitations, which is also something I've been working on for many years. So um, freedom is a good word, too. Patience is another word because they feel like they're always rushing improve um, is a word and she is also using it for another um, one little word for 2015 explore also similar to experiment and oh i'm sorry two explores and yes similar to experiment um, although this person is also exploring some new quilt conferences worthy I am worthy of the time I take for myself to learn new things and pursue creative endeavors. Yes, worthy. Uh, do I also had to laugh at this. Um, this person said, I was going to say try, but then I thought about Yoda's words in one of the Star Wars movies, um, do or do not. There, Do or do not, there is no try. And so she changed her word from try to do. And that's actually something our family quotes all the time. Do or do not, there is no try. Spark. I want my explorations and freedom to be the spark for a new voice in my artwork. You need to write that down and hang it up. That was a good one. Another person with learn. A person with organize with an exclamation point. Um, a person with the word transition. This is a recent retiree. Or I'm sorry, not even retiring. She's retiring next month, this month, this month. Um, congratulations. Happy retirement. Uh, this is not a single word. There's not even a way to make it a single word. I'm sorry. The year of the kits. So I guess we'll give you kits. Um, this person has purchased a lot of kits over the years and just wants to get them done. Another person chose bold. That's a cool word. I wonder if I could ever choose that word, bold. Another person said enjoy. Um, oh, <laughs> I'm going to come back to this one. I actually highlighted it in red. Um, because it made me laugh. Here's somebody who chose my same word, experiment, cool beans. Um, this person still likes the same word she chose a couple of years ago, but then decided, okay, she really needed to come up with a new word to fit in better with her current goals, and she came up with faith. In other words, having faith in herself, her ideas, etc. Um, this person tried to make up a word, <laughs> non-perfection. Um, saying she always wanted to do things perfectly and that's not going to happen the first time around, at least not for her. You know, it probably doesn't happen for anybody. And she says she needs to accept that and get used to it. So non-perfection will let you make up a word. That's okay. Follow through, another compound word. We've already agreed. Those are okay. Follow through is her choice of word. Um, indulge. I always like that word, indulge. Um, and especially when it feels like you're indulging when you get to spend time with your sewing machine or your fabrics or your iron or whatever. Uh, this person chose relax. Unfortunately for me, often quilt making is not relaxing because I'm getting so frustrated <laughs> with myself, but relax. 
you know, that's also a good word to say, just relax and do it. Okay, the one I was going to come back to is bright red. Um, <laughs> their, their word is three because she wants to focus on just three fiber projects at a time. Um, but she says, when I try to work on more, the progress can be so slow that I end up killing them. I hate UFOs, so I just take my rotary cutter and kill projects instead when they don't pass the would I start this project again today test. Okay, this was Deborah. Um, you know, I almost want to send you a winning <laughs> entry because the image I just had in my head of you standing in the middle of your sewing room, rotary cutter, and just pieces of UFOs flying in the air behind you was just cracking me up. And it's also partly because I just did that myself to a UFO, uh, a f well, a few weeks ago now, well, a couple months ago now since I was gone in December. Um, at UFO, it just was not working, and I had come to the conclusion it wasn't going to work. There was no tweaking I could do this to this thing, and I know what the problem was. I know I started out from the outset um, heading in the wrong direction. So anyway, what I ended up doing finally after this thing sat on my cutting table for a year waiting for me to figure out how to fix it, I finally decided the only fixing it is a rotary cutter. <laughs> I did exactly the same thing. I just sliced it into pieces and now I'm piecing it back together with other fabrics and stuff to kind of make this random abstract thing that I think will be kind of cool because I liked, well, I'll, I'll talk about that on a whole other podcast because that's going to be a whole other episode unto itself, I think, eventually when I get it done. Um, so, uh, Deborah, who left me that comment, if you want to send me your address, I might send you something except... Oh, I take that back. I'm sorry. You live in another country. And I think it would be very expensive for me to send you something. So, sorry. But do email me because I do want to hear more about your adventures. Um, I'd really like to hear especially what you're learning about where you live. Okay, so that's, um, those are your words of the year. And again, I'm, I'm really enjoying, uh, enjoying your quilty resolutions. I haven't decided yet whether I'm going to do the every three month check-in giveaway this year, only because there's a couple quarters that would be really hard for me to do, I think, with my schedule. Um, but I will periodically do a check-in where I just post uh, your, uh, I just make the spreadsheet available for you to check yourself and see where you're at and if you have stuck to your words and such. Uh, maybe I'll do it just halfway through the year at six months. That might work. So... Um, again, I really, really enjoyed everybody's responses. Thank you so much for playing along. It was a lot of fun. Um, I am now going to stop recording this because, as I said, it's pot roast night and I have to go get my pot roast started. And then I have to decide whether I'm going to um, come back into my quilt studio and work with fabric or whether I'm going to sit down and try to record the Burma episode. <laughs> again, I'll be pondering that whilst I'm prepping a pot roast. Um, so for this episode, in any case, I want to say thank you so much for listening. And you know how you can get a hold of me. You can email me at sandyquilts at gmail.com. And that's Sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z, all one word. You can follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, Flickr, all of those places, and Craftsy. I am Sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z. You can um, friend me on Goodreads. You can like the Quilting for the Rest of Us page on Facebook. You can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Flickr group. Please do love to see your pictures. And you can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Kiva team and do good all over the world. And you will find links for all of those things at the website 
at my website, at the website for this podcast, and my blog, www.quiltingfortherestofus.com. And until next time, go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom. Thank you.